Dante Atrenza, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Well, still human. I am still human. Still and, uh, human. You, you've got a human co-host for now. But... Well, you know, that's got its pros and cons, let's face it. Uh, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I like having a human co- like having a human co-host. Um, yeah, I, I didn't actually. I didn't realize there was an option for a mechanical one. I have to check. Well, it out. there might be in the future, which is kind of the point of the show, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. Well, we're talking about dispatches from the Robo Wars. And we've got two very different stories, but with kind of a common thread connecting them. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit about how Silicon Valley is preparing for the robots to take over the world and before we get there Stephen I think we'll stop off and just check in on this Elon Musk um Mark Zuckerberg debate about artificial intelligence. But before we go there, there's this story. Our minds have been hijacked by our phones. Tristan Harris wants to rescue them. This was a pretty interesting story at minds.com. minds.com the blog. And this guy makes a pretty good case, I think. He's, he's got the background, work, having worked at uh, Google as a product manager. He knows of what he speaks. And the bottom line is we've got top engineers at a few organizations working around the clock to make us never take our eyes off our phones. Is, is, do you think that pretty much sums it up? Well, yeah. And, and there is some problems with that, Phil. I mean, you're, you know, fortunately for you, Phil, your, your uh, youngest children at home are still too young to be glued to the devices all the time, right? I mean, right. Uh, yep. if, around the dinner table, they don't, they're, they don't have iPads and, 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 uh, and, and smartphones just yet, do they? Well, they won't ever with my wife there, I can tell oh, you. Well, that's good. That's good because I'm, I'm going to tell you that is a that is a problem. I've I've literally sat there, um, and you know it, I got four kids, right? And yeah. uh, the and and, uh, uh, and and I'm sitting there at at dinner out to eat, and my wife's on her cell phone, and my kids are there, and I was reaching into my pocket, you know, and they've all got their cell phones out, literally, and I was pulling out my cell phone. And when I when I when I just stopped and said, "Okay, okay, everybody, put up your cell phones." Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you might as well have not gone out to eat, right? Yeah, Actually, I mean, you don't even need to be together, right? You could all be right. someplace else. Yeah. I could I could, wa- I could have wandered off, and they wouldn't have known. Yeah. And, and so it's and you know and and the funny thing is that's not even unusual. You look around the restaurant, and there are other families doing the sure. same thing. And well, you see couples on crazy. a date, right? Yeah. Apparently, a date, right? I guess, but. Uh, uh, they 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 find their uh, they find the company of one another uh, so uh, uh, so stimulating they have to do something else you know right they're, uh, they're posting right. pictures of the meal on Facebook rather than talk to each other or something I don't know what they're you know it's just it's just it's it's unfortunate but uh, you know for years and this is going way way back in the history of this program I was I was saying you know I I uh, uh, accept Google as part of my brain right sure absolutely well, and and that's a that's a good thing 
and it's also a bad thing. And, uh, and so we're beginning to see. Uh, yes, well, has, has Google uh, adopted you as part of its body, right? That's, that, that's right. You know, am I just you know, Google expressing itself upon the world? You know? I mean, it's a, it's, <laughs> or I Facebook or, or yeah, any of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I hope that uh, I amount to more than that. I, I aspire to be. And, uh, and so put down the phones, folks, uh, when, you're, when you're with family and uh, are on a date or whatever. You know, it's, well, be, because our attention is so valuable to the folks who run these technology companies, they, they have designed these apps to uh, – it's, it's really quite brilliant. The, the, the thing is you never needed to, to design online interactions – I mean, to add a lot of design elements to online interactions to make them addictive. People were addicted to those when it was, you know, CRT screens, right, and just text. They, they could get completely hooked on Usenet and, and things like that. So just the, you know, flame wars and all that stuff was going on, what, 30 years ago? 25 yeah. years ago, anyway. I, I yeah. think 30. Um, but the apps have made it just that much more literally in your face um, that much more urgent, um, you know, the way the interactions are set up. There's, there's one example that the author gives here. He talks about being on Snapchat and maybe his stream is getting stale. His, you know, it's falling behind. And I, I don't do Snapchat, so I don't have that anxiety. But I can imagine how disturbing that would be if you thought, oh, no, I haven't updated, and now everybody else is up, you know, whatever the competitive pressure there is, everybody's going to think I'm falling behind. I, you know, I'm not keeping up. I'm not, I'm not putting anything you out know, there. Uh, and, and there's this idea that our, I, I think a lot of people that are really into this stuff, I mean, it, the point of a vacation is to have stuff to put on Facebook or <laughs> You know, right. I mean, it's uh, that's sad. You know, uh, you know, I, I on purpose uh, the la the vacation uh, we went went on with the family. I, I on purpose put away the cell phone. Didn't post a, a single picture that I'm aware of. At least, you know, maybe maybe a, a you know maybe a picture or two uh, wandered onto the internet since then. But I didn't post at all while we were on the vacation, and I don't think I posted any pictures since when we, we've gotten back. It's just, you know, the point of the vacation is not to brag about it, you know. It's not just to uh, tell others, uh, you know. What uh, a great vacation. What a great yeah, vacation To, to signal I, your vacation to your that's right, going public on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, make you know, make everybody feel bad about the vacation they <laughs> Their lack have, of perhaps, vacation. Or, their, or, or, or maybe the... Uh, um, you know what? You know it's that's not the point of it. The point is to actually get a break, right? And uh, so um, I, I don't know. I, it, well, that's a good. I, that's I'm, a good I'm guilty of this right stuff direction. too. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this stuff too, and I and I see that some of the negative impact on my own life, and so I'm I'm trying to reform. And, well, one of my all-time favorite Facebook posts ever was we were at Anna Maria Island in Florida for spring break. And I posted a selfie of Soraya and myself on the beach, just a happy, you know, smiling beach selfie. Right. And the caption I put up on Facebook was, worried sick about the blizzard back home, right? Because it was like <laughs> Denver had been hit by the snowstorm. But that was, you know, for comedic effect, right? I, right. You know, I, it, was, it was not, haha, I'm at the beach. It was, actually it was. It was, it was totally It was a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it, that's exactly what it was. I need help. All right, that's that's this is why a cry this, for help right here. On that, the it was a desperate, desperate cry for help. So how do we reform it? He's got some he's got some good ideas for kind of baby steps that 
that would help. You know, and the first is to become aware. So what you just talked about, you know, you go on vacation and maybe just keep the phone out of it, right? Right. You take some pictures, but you but you keep the apps out of it. You keep the Facebook or the Snapchat or the um, Instagram uh, out of your vacation, right? Keep yourself keep your vacation out of those out of those media and just actually enjoy the experience. The second step he talks about, I think, is really interesting. Redesigning how we interact with some of these things just just by making a few simple changes. And the one I love here is he talks about instead of a comment button, how about a let's meet button, right? So somebody writes something that you have strong feelings about. Instead of I'm going to leave a comment on that, you click a thing and you set up an appointment to get together with them, have a phone call with them if you're not in the same place, but actually, or you know, actually go out and have dinner and talk with that person. What a revolution that would be, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily want to uh, receive in person the flame that I would have gotten on, on Facebook. But then again, people are not free to flame each other and and and, and face to face. You say things on Facebook that are much worse <laughs> than what you would ever dream of saying to someone to their face. So maybe there's a good. Maybe that's a good thing. You know, just let's meet. Let's talk like adults and. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, at the at the end of the meal or whatever, uh, we we leave, and uh, you know, we're, maybe we're shaking our heads. Well, man, that person's often left field or right field politically or whatever. But uh, but you know, but they're a nice enough person, and and you leave it at that. Maybe I don't know. That's not well, bad. exactly. I mean, I like if you if you're really interacting with a person, it's different than if you just if you just write a comment. You, you see some of these just ridiculous, over the top flame responses that people write sometimes and you have to think that at least in some of those instances unless these people are just psychos they wouldn't have said that to that a person's face right you know yeah, they, they right they would have they would have been more diplomatic they would have been you know more circumspect they would have thought about it a little more and thought about the fact that this is a human being they're talking to and even if let's meet wasn't a real thing even if nobody ever did it even just seeing the words or just thinking about it in those terms, I don't know. It might even that might make a little bit of a difference, mightn't it? Right. It's a you know it kind of makes it real, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, it's interesting. That's interesting. I I don't know why I'm thought, I've, I've thought of this, but there was a uh, like a community garden. I mean, let me just throw this out as an idea. There there might be some you know this might actually make a point here, Phil. I'll, I'll try. Uh, give it a shot. Go, I'll make a shot. Um, the community garden. Uh, they were constantly having people come by and just steal vegetables out of it until until they had like different sections of the gardens kind of roped off and said you know this uh, and this is uh, Callie's peas and, and they would write in the name of somebody that had planted these and this is this is uh, Larry's tomatoes you know and right and all of a sudden you know people people stopped stealing them you know it was like uh, oh just because okay. there was a name attached there was a name attached there's a, there's an actual person that that belongs to okay I'll we'll leave it alone then and uh, it was, and are they for, for whatever reason the people that were stealing it would you know all of a sudden felt like well you know this this actually belongs to somebody somebody put in the work before it was just you know <laughs> something to grab you know on their way by but not not after not after that so maybe personalizing it and making it be a real person and not just a faceless thing on Facebook, somehow that, that, that might make it to where people are a little kinder to each other. I think, I think there's a chance of that. 
I think so too. I think I think that uh, little things like that can can make a tremendous difference. And the bigger changes that he talks about here, you know, we'll have to see if if some of, if some of those kinds of things can can be implemented because there he's talking about those companies actually stepping in and reining themselves in a little bit. And, you know, it's like, well, but they get the revenue from the attention. Yeah. I, so, I, I just don't see that happening. I think it it's going to have to reach a point where people decide that, you know what, the uh, the joy I get from making my next Snapchat post is, uh, you know, is – is actually ta- I'm I'm losing more than I'm gaining from it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go on a fast and you know put it down for a week or something and and just kind of re you know and maybe reintegrate it into my life at some point, but at a lesser level, you know. Yeah, uh, I I think uh, um, he's hopeful. He's hopeful that he, he used an interesting analogy, which is the energy companies which back in the 60s just wanted us to use as much energy as possible. And now, they, it's true, all the utility companies tell us to be responsible with, with energy. So even though the longer we run the meter, the more money they make, they actually have kind of gone in a, are you sure you want to be using as much of this as you're, as you're using? So it is possible that those companies could, could turn that corner. But um, I think let's keep working on our end of it, right? <laughs> Before we like hold our breath, waiting for that to happen, right? That's the, <laughs> absolutely. That, 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 that's that's my one take on it. But but the other thing you have to wonder is, are we the only ones being manipulated here? Are these are these systems actually using these businesses too, um, to kind of put the apps out to kind of get at us? You know, are the are, are the robots already insidiously taking over through these apps that have uh, that, that have completely captured our attention? Probably not, but you know what? That's the kind of like unexpected way that robots could take over and make for a really exciting science fiction movie. Now, before we get to this, Silicon Valley luminaries are busily preparing for when robots take over. What do you make of the Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg debate? Well, um, Elon is uh, obviously uh, very concerned about AI, right? And uh, and 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 thinks uh, we are. His quote is, uh, "We might be releasing the demon right upon us." And uh, Zuckerberg uh, is is coming from the other direction. I I haven't, to be honest, Phil. I wanted. Can you brief us on on how this debate is going down? Elon Musk says, "Be afraid. Be very afraid." Right. Um, Mark Zuckerberg says, "Quit worrying so much. It's it's going to be good. Um, that there, you know, there are risks, but we can manage them." and that the benefits far outweigh the risks. Musk is more of a, a lot of benefits, but I don't know about this kind of, uh, kind of approach. Ultimately, they're probably in, in some ways closer than it would appear, but yeah. now it's, 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 it's hard for them to be very close because they've been on social media sniping at each other, right? So it's going to be hard for <laughs> Well, here's the truth of the matter. I mean, can, can uh, Elon Musk continue to accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish without AI in the picture? You know, I mean, he's going to be a big user of these tools. You know, he will, and um, and and so he's he's going to continue to use them. But he's and I don't hear him say, "Let's stop making AI." Right, right. right. And so, I, and I'm not suggesting he's being a hypocrite. I'm just saying yeah. that uh, 
I don't think his position is to to tell us all to stop. I think it's I think his position is, is pretty reasonable and uh, it's it's warranted. To, you know, let's just proceed with caution, with great caution, and uh, uh, I don't think uh, we we get to a utopia just automatically. I think. Uh, we continue to see the world improve by being conscious of the ways things could go very wrong and avoiding those things. That's uh, so thinking thinking about the very possible, very, very worst possibilities is not a bad thing to do. And, yeah, I, uh, I think so. I think so too. I think that probably the Skynet type scenarios, um, you know, the the. Um, Terminator the, deciding to the, the, watch term, us all the Terminator out. scenarios yeah. or or things yeah. like West Westworld are probably less likely than something more just creepy and insidious like I just suggested. Right, the AIs are already there and they're just slowly using the uh, uh, you know using the apps and the tools that we uh, that we have and, to. And I and I keep pointing out to pointing back to a uh, an interview that I heard you know a couple of months ago now maybe maybe six months ago now where they said you know it's not going to be the uh, an AI robot you know the AI slash R robot that uh, just that you can point to that says that thing got my job right it, it's that more and more of the things that you do in your job your job is many activities and some of these activities will become automated and. And then, you know, so your company needed 10 people like you before, and now they only need seven people like you. Exactly. And then uh, a few years later, maybe they only need four or five people like you. Well, you know, it's and, – uh, and so – I guess my advice is be the very best at those, <laughs> be, be the very best of those people, and uh, you'll hang on the longest. But uh, eventually, you know, uh, you are replaced, and it's not by one machine; it's a group of machines that uh, are a group of technologies that uh, slowly automate more and more of the tasks that you do in your job until maybe you're not needed anymore. So, and uh, I don't know. That's that's. Well, this, this, I, I think that's the way it happens. This piece from Mashable, Silicon Valley luminaries are busily preparing for when robots take over, takes a bleaker view even than that, i got to say. Yeah, um, it does. Th- th- there's, there's a quote here. Every time I meet someone from outside Silicon Valley, a normie, they call them, that would be us, <laughs> normal people, I can think of 10 companies that are working madly to put that person out of a job. It says, Antonio estimates that within 30 years, half of us will be jobless. Things get, could get ugly, he told me. It's very scary. I think we could have some very dark days ahead of us. Think of the miners' strike, but in every industry. People could be driven to the streets, he fears, and in America, at least, those people have guns. Law and order could break down, he says. Maybe there will be some kind of violent revolution. Well, that is a bleak scenario, okay? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the, the story goes on to say he's not the only one who thinks that way. Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn uh, in an interview with the New Yorker, said that uh, most of the bil- tech billionaires have some apocalypse insurance. Um, it says that uh, Peter Thiel recently bought a 477-acre bolt hole in New Zealand and became a Kiwi national. So, you know, these <laughs> these guys have been kind of setting this whole thing up, and now they're going to bail, right? It's like they've they've got the they've got the billions, and when uh, when everything falls apart, they're out of here. Well, to me, I I don't take the billionaire apocalypse insurance too seriously because it's like well they can they can afford that right Right. so you know they've got to they've got to spend huge sums of money on something so it might as well be apocalypse insurance but i you know i wonder about this uh 
total economic collapse. I feel like when, when I read this story, I feel like, are we missing something? It, it feels to me like there's, it, it's kind of like what you say about the Gattaca future, right? They've only looked yeah. at one, one side of the future and therefore they're not getting a complete picture. Do you think, do you think that's possible? It's not, yeah, it's not just one thing that happens uh, uh, in the future. It's everything happening, right? It's right. Uh, in, in the interplay of all those things. So it's, uh, that's why it's, it's just impossible really to get a, uh, a complete handle on where the future is going. Is, uh, if, it, if it was just one technology and we could say, okay, uh, you know, we're just going to have self-driving cars, and that's going to be the big technology, and there's not going to be any other de- developments over the next 20 years. Well, then, you know, we could we could extrapolate from that, right? Uh, real pretty well, uh, right? But um, it's not just that, you know. Uh, it's of it's, course the one technology is AI, which is out to steal your job, right? That's the, that's yeah. the, that's the thing. If that's you know, if that's the one you're looking at, <laughs> it, it gets pretty well, scary. But what we need get. is we. We need a counter uh, example. We need a counter model of AI, which is the AI that's out to make us all rich, right? The AI that's that's out to make us all financially independent, um, to to enable us to to cope better in the economy than just the old employment economy did. I think that's the picture that's missing, and that's what somebody in Silicon Valley and people elsewhere in the world ought to be working on that scenario. Right? Because AI, as we've pointed out multiple times, is the driver behind everything. So if it's the driver behind this creative destruction, which isn't going to feel so creative to people who actually end up out of work, but, but if it's the driver behind this, you know, this destruction of employment, it's got to be also the driver behind the post-scarcity or the you know, post-employment or whatever it is, that next, that next thing that comes along and is, is even a better deal than than what we currently have. The problem is we've got everybody painting these robot apocalypse scenarios and not many people drawing very definite lines about how we get to those other things, do we? No. And, yeah, it's... it's uh, and, and so we, we hear a lot about the negative. And, um, but, you know, I, I can tell you that uh, there, there's obviously a lot of positives to, to these things. I mean, what we're able to do, what we as a species are able to accomplish working with AI, you know, uh, there, there's a reason that they're being, you know, that they're being created, and that is that, uh, you know, vast, vast amounts of things, vast amount of activities that can never have been done are, are would have required, you know, it would have been prohibitively expensive to have done. We can do now. With these things, and uh, and that's so. Yeah, I mean, there's utility in that. And, uh, Absolutely. We were talking maybe. on Wednesday about the, the the capabilities we have now, right. and the the reduction in steps between where you are and 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 getting to where you can accomplish some achievement. Well, if the if the if the goal is to make money, we were seeing the early stages of that with things like I was talking about this the other night. We we're talking about uh, Uber or Lyft or. Airbnb. You know, if you have a car, suddenly you can make money, right? You, right? you couldn't used to, right? You had to have a taxi license and all that kind of stuff. But now it's like, if you have that much infrastructure, you can actually go out and earn, earn money because you can, you can be a Lyft driver and get paid for that. If you have a house with a, with a room in it that somebody will pay to stay in, boom, Airbnb, right? You got a little hotel business going on. So it's this, it's this ability to infuse what we've already got or what we're already able to do with new capabilities for economic survival that I think we've only started to see the very beginnings of. And, and those scenarios really need to be looked at. And, and, and those are things we really need to start moving 
towards big time. You know, I, I think it, it would be great to hear our political leaders talk about these kinds. Of course, they don't even talk about the ro- robot apocalypse. They're going to be completely, you know, called off guard by that, much less, you know, the, the, the remedies to it. But um, it, failing them, it would be great if some of these thought leaders in Silicon Valley could start thinking about these things. So I call on them. To <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> start start moving us in that direction, and we would, but we got to geek out now. That's time. Hey, we put in our time this week. Let's. Uh, it's let's a short week, but we still get to geek out because that's we make the rules, and that's how it works. <laughs> that's right. So I understand there's a new Bob book out. That's right, and uh, Bob verse uh, book three is out, and. Uh, uh, All these worlds is the subtitle of uh, of this, which uh, of course is a uh, is a quote from Arthur C. Clarke, right? Um, oh yeah, very good. And uh, so uh, this it's uh, it's it's uh, you know thrown right back into the action. It's I, you know I get the impression that this author is just loving this uh, this universe that he's creating so much that he's just he's just steady writing and. Uh, and and then he has to define he has to find the divisions where he can you know he can release it as a book right okay yeah, uh, exactly yeah here's no okay doubt. I, I kind of draw you know enough plot lines to a close here that I can I can end the book here and start on the, well, and start. for those who don't know what we're talking about the first book was called We Are Legion We Are Bob the second right. book was called For We Are Many and uh, he's now left the biblical reference and gone to the Arthur C Clarke reference in the title of the third one All These Worlds so you know um, cool. Uh, Book two was leading to a big, big, big confrontation. I hope we get a huge payoff in book three. I, I, I hope think, so, too. I, think we I hope so, will. too. I, uh, it, it just hit Audible today. And, uh, and so I, um, over lunch, I, uh, I listened to a couple of chapters. And uh, I will let you know, um, you know, I, I encourage you, Phil, if you haven't gotten, gotten finished with book two yet, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm so. through book two. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready for All right. Well, uh, ready go, for book three, go, except go I'm listening it. to something else right now. I'm listening to uh, Apex, Ramaz Nam's book right now. So right. when I finish that, I'm on to the new Bob book. So goodness all the way around. Oh, good yeah. stuff and Jump good stuff to it, look man. forward to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, have you seen the uh, new, uh, new film Valerian? I have not heard about it, but have not seen it. Well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, but uh, the kind of the critics have been negative. I think that... Uh, uh, you, you went and uh, looked on, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it'd be, a, I think it's like forty-one percent, forty, which is not terrible. You know, that's uh, you know, when a movie is truly awful, you know, you're you're looking at twenty-five percent or less on Rotten Tomatoes uh, right, easily. Right. But, uh, uh, but this, there, you know. It's it's not great though, you know. In order for something to be certified as a fresh movie, right? It's certified fresh. It's like sixty percent positive right. reviews, and it, and it and it's not getting that. And uh, you know, in the in the audience really has not been there, and a lot of people have not turned out to see these movies, and that's a shame. I uh, I went and saw this, and I would say that. Uh, while it's not the best movie I've seen uh, in you know this year, um, it's a good movie and it's fun and you know it might overstay its welcome by about twenty or thirty minutes. Uh, probably you know a, a a good editor would have cut out you know some of the runtime and uh, mm-hmm. tightened it up a little bit. But hey, it was, it's it's good. It's a good looking movie. It's a bit of a CGI fest, but CGI is getting better all the time. Um, well, what intrigues me about it is it seems to be a really different idea, and I like that. 
You know, yeah. it, it looks like nothing else story-wise. I mean, it's it's kind of its own thing, right? It is. It is. Uh, you'll you'll see some story beats that are, are uh, that will seem familiar to you from Star Wars, and that's because Star Wars stole directly from the original story of oh. Valerian. Well, yeah, Valerian has been. Valerian was published as a as a French graphic novel in the late sixties, early seventies, and um and and and, and Star Wars uh, uh, took ideas from Valerian and Dune and the Hidden Fortress, which was the uh, um, uh, the Chinese movie, and uh, and and then some uh, uh, Japanese, you know, I believe. There's some some was it? It was a Japanese, and then. Uh, and then uh, and then Campbell, you know uh, Joseph Campbell ideas, sure, and, um, and mixed it all together into this wonderful uh, soup, and uh, we we love it, right? But well, great, you uh, want to see one of the inspirations? Valerian is it? That's Valerian is one of the inspirations, and you'll see it, and uh, you, you'll you'll uh, there's a couple of times where you're going, ah, yeah, that's very much Star Wars, and I, I can see where Star Wars took that story idea from. I, and, I remember when uh, John Carter came out a few years ago. A lot of people were complaining that it was a ripoff on Star Wars, and I'm like, no. No. no, John Carter. It was. <laughs> you, you got that backwards, yeah. Uh, and you know, I was, you know, I, I said, you know, people are going to think it's a ripoff of Avatar, you know, but right. no, no, I mean, Avatar, you know, and and Star Wars and things like that borrowed ideas from uh, from John Carter and Valerian and other places like that. So, this is one of the sources. This is one of the wells that has not been tapped before for a feature film, and it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was, like you say, different, and. Uh, um, different is good. We need different more is different. Different is good. You know, you know, that's so, right. And we, we need more. And, and weird. I like weird sci-fi. We need more weird. Weird is good, center. too. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, you got my attention now. I'm yeah, definitely, go for it, man. Go, go, definitely go, go check watch out Valerian. All right, good stuff. All right, well, hey, this has been fun geeking out with you, Stephen, and tracking our progress in the Robo Wars. Of course, that's a story we're going to keep tracking with in the weeks and months to come. It's been a wonderful week here on The World Transformed. Look forward to being with you all again next week. We will have three brand new shows, I promise, next week. And until next time, live to see it. 